Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you so much for rejoining us. We, uh, we're going to, to, to shift gears a little bit. Looking at the uh, U.S. Uh, presidential elections, and uh, I'm, on a, I'm on a Twitter page here. Uh, it's called Youth Climate Strike. So I guess this is all the, young, the, the, the children of the world all striking. Uh, for the climate or something like this. And they've got all the uh, Democratic candidates up here on their the masthead on their Twitter page. I'm just counting how many Democratic presidential candidates there are. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. So, tw- so far, 25 candidates on the Democratic side for president. So it does remind me a little bit of the Grand National. There's a, there's a lot of horses in the race. I, who's this guy? His, his name's Eric. I, I don't know his first name. It says Eric. There's someone named Wayne, last name Wayne. Someone named Marianne. Or I guess they're first names. Okay, they've got their first names. So some first name, some last name. I, I have no idea who, they're, who they are. I know a couple of these people. Castro. I know who Bernie is, Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Kamala Harris, of course. But the rest of these people, I have no idea who they are. But anyway, Joe Biden is meant to be the front runner. This is, uh, we, we're going to call him lots. He has all these nicknames floating around. One of them is Creepy Joe, of course. That's a very popular hashtag. But Uncle Joe is another one. And it does remind you of another uncle joe i mean the only other uncle joe that's used in this way in politics and history is usually joe stalin so it's kind of a you know amicable term for stalin uncle joe was is kind of nickname people it's kind of a joke uncle joe but he's really he's kind of grandpa joe really but he's more than grandpa joe he's the crazy grandpa joe joe biden is completely out of his tree i'll just like lay it right down on the table here so you remember al gore uh, when he was running for president back in 2000, he, Al Gore claimed to have invented the Internet. And that was, I think that's one of the memes that really sunk the Gore campaign, or at least submerged it, at least submerged it to the point where he wasn't going to get any, uh, he wasn't going to escape that one. He claimed to have invented the Internet. And for that, Gore... Uh, I don't think could have lost a few points or just credibility wise. Everyone's cracking jokes about this. So Al, this is what politicians do. They, they, they claim cause they touched some bill or some regulatory FCC bill or initiative or something. And because of that, they'll, they'll attach themselves to, you know, something like the internet. That's what Gore did. He claimed to have invented the internet. Joe Biden is, is basically claimed this week that he invented climate change or that he's responsible for, for climate change. That's good because I've been wondering who's been responsible for it. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, actually, Al Gore is probably, in terms of real climate change or real global warming, Al Gore has contributed more than anybody just on, purely on the basis of the amount of hot air that he's produced on this subject. Um, but, but listen to this. This is Biden. He's, uh, he's talking to the youth climate strikers basically and this one girl saying she's saying hey i'm with the youth climate strike and he's and and biden's going to tell her that he invented climate change or he's responsible for starting the whole quote climate change thing so here's uh here's uncle joe 
uh, just just yesterday, actually. Listen to this. My name is Samira. I'm part of the U.S. Youth Climate Strike, um, an organization. We like on March 15th, we organized a bunch of strikes uh, across the nation, and now we have a petition to ask all the presidential candidates to support a forum where we're talking about the um, climate policy. And can you commit to be a non-stop leader and support? By the, the way, debate? I was just you know, I'm the guy that did all this stuff. Read real clear politics. I'll tell you about how I started this whole thing back in 87 with climate change. Do you, can you commit to uh, be well, a leader? Send what you need. I, no. I guarantee you'll be a leader. So there you have it. Joe Biden started this whole thing in 1987. He said, read really clear politics. I started this whole thing in 1997. That's Biden. 1987? 87, sorry. 87. Well, in fairness to him, apparently, according to the New York Times, he was, he was one of the... Uh, uh, introducers of a bill into the Senate, some kind of climate bill. I'm not quite sure what the details of that were. Is really was that really anything to do with the type of climate change rhetoric that we're seeing these days? Probably not. You know, because back then it was global warming. It was man-made global warming. They, then they rebranded that to climate change to make it a little bit more vague. But before that, it was global warming. Um, so there's Biden basically rewriting history in his favor. Uh, so it's like amazing. So he's talking to kids and he's probably banking on the fact that these kids really don't really have a clue or aren't going to pull him up on any of this. But um, Joe Biden is a gaffe machine. Okay. He is, nobody can produce gaffes like Joe Biden. So if you put him on, on, on the top sort of tier on the pedestal for at least 12 months, he is going to generate probably some of the greatest gaffes of all time. So just buckle your seatbelts and get ready. Boy, he's going to worse than George W. Bush. Biden can run circles around Bush because Bush, the genius of Bush is Bush is, was stupid, but Bush knew that he was stupid and that almost made him smart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Biden, Biden's, Biden's a bit thick, but he thinks he's a genius which actually makes him more, even like worse, basically. There was a kind of a genius in George W. Bush. Uh, I don't know what it, how to describe it, but kind of a phenomenon. Donald Trump isn't like that. Donald Trump thinks that he's a genius, but he's not. And that's probably one of Trump's biggest downfalls. And then all he does is basically say, I didn't say that. What I really said is this. And then you, sh you play him the recording of what he said. And you just he's already ran down the road 10 miles by that time. So it's just like he's tweeting about 100 other things. So he, he'll, Donald Trump can bury his gaffes under a mountain of tweets. So Donald Trump has got the whole thing, you know, sorted, basically. But Biden is playing old school game, which is the politicians are, you know, held responsible by what they say. He cannot do what Trump does and get away with it. So Biden is going to basically hoist himself by his own petard at least at least a couple of times each month. So get ready. It's going to get interesting. So because Biden has to boast about himself like Gore, they, they constantly have to oversell, oversell their case. And uh, and in doing so. Uh, they they give the other side, they give their opposition lots of ammunition to basically shoot them down with. So why is Joe Biden the presumptive nominee? I have to ask this question. Because the Congressional Black Caucus just announced uh, that they're backing, well, it seems like they're backing a, a ticket, which is Joe Biden and then Vice President Kamala Harris. Okay. 
So that, that that's a congressional black caucus, and a lot of people would agree that that's the kind of the you know that's the spiritual voice of the DNC basically. And if if that's the case, if that's what the Democrats are doing, they're making the exact same mistake that they made uh, four years ago, um, or sorry, three years ago with with Hillary Clinton. They've pre-selected their 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 nominee before the uh, primaries have taken place. Which, if if you actually look at, put your finger on the pulse of America, of the millennial, uh, the millennial doesn't like to be disenfranchised. I can tell you that right now. And if you want any proof for that, go listen to Bernie Sanders' diehard supporters. Uh, they were so uh, they stabbed in the back by the railroading of Sanders that many of them didn't either didn't either either didn't vote, or some of them even defected to Trump. Uh, to vote, and who knows how many of those there were that hasn't been like scientifically fleshed out. But uh, in a close race, and Trump Biden, it's going to be a, a nail biter. Okay, it's going to be a nail biter. It might be a blowout in the electoral college, but uh, perhaps. But in terms of the popular vote, it's probably going to be very close. So, fifty thousand votes, hundred thousand votes, two hundred thousand votes, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand votes nationally could decide the presidential election. So you need every single possible advantage that you can. And one of them, which is going to hurt you if you're a Democrat, is basically shedding uh, Bernie supporters. Um, so if they if they attempt to screw Bernie the same way that they did uh, in the last election, I think Biden's going to suffer big time. And not only that, uh, they're hoping to mobilize the, uh, the, the African-American, the black vote, the minority vote, by fielding uh, a female uh, black vice presidential candidate in Kamala Harris. And certainly that ticks a lot of the boxes in, in terms of identity politics. But, I mean, Joe Biden just doesn't inspire. I don't know how you can get inspired by this guy. He was like the invisible vice president. He did nothing but attend award ceremonies for eight years. Uh, under Obama. On the back, however, he was quite busy. He was very much involved in organizing the coup in the Ukraine in 2014. And I believe he carved up a nice little, a nice little niche for his son to make uh, quite a lot of money in the Ukraine, Burisma, and some of the uh, gas uh, and energy companies in the Ukraine. And so you could also say that Joe Biden was uh, instrumental in facilitating uh, neo-Nazism and the rise of neo-Nazis uh, in the Ukraine as a result of the U.S.-backed coup. So, yeah, he wasn't doing much uh, in the front of house, but he was doing a whole lot in the back of house. So there's Joe Biden, champion of climate change, champion of uh, diversity. Uh, and so he's saying we need to unite, and he's, he's kind of raising the flag of, of Charlottesville. Meanwhile, the Ukrainian youth held a meeting, a summer camp sort of event, in New York State, and they publicized this on social media, and it's basically a neo, kind of neo-Nazi affiliated, uh, kind of Banderite uh, affiliated group on U.S. soil. So you could say this is Nazi affiliated on U.S. soil from the Ukraine. Uh, no outrage whatsoever. These are real Nazis in the Ukraine, by the way. These aren't like the weekend warriors at Charlottesville. Uh, and I'm not uh, downplaying the, uh, the the violence and the tragedy of the young girl who lost the, her life. But if you compare that on the scale to Nazism in the Ukraine, which the United States and the likes of John McCain and Chris Murphy and Joe Biden and Victoria Nuland, 
and Jeffrey Pyatt were all too happy to align themselves with and empower uh, in order to sort of enact regime change in the Ukraine, I think we have a very disturbing picture which has emerged and uh, incredible hypocrisy. That should be front. The Ukrainian youth um, militants there in New York, uh, this little summer gathering, which uh, was filmed and everything, that should be front page news in a lot of mainstream media outlets. You'd think so anyway. Uh, I would be very disturbed about some of the far right uh, Nazi affiliations of these groups, these Ukrainian groups, but yet nothing, absolutely nothing. So it doesn't seem to be important at all, but uh, we'll see. Um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think it was a very wise move on their part to let that cat out of the bag. Uh, there's a few other interesting things that did pop up as well. Speaking of climate change, this is interesting. You've heard of the New Green Deal. We spoke about that on past shows. So the headline is America's newest nine trillion dollar climate change solution. This is part of the Green New Deal. What is it? What is this $9 trillion solution? Well, they said, we're going to uh, earmark $300 billion a year for X amount of years uh, for green technology. And it's going to create 8 million jobs. Excellent. 8 million jobs. Uh, what is it? The only problem is they don't know yet. They just want the money off to the side, and then they're going to create green tech. They don't know what the green tech is yet. They've got a lot of people who are going to be vying for that pie, though. That's a lot of money. You'd like to get a chunk of that, wouldn't you? Because you wouldn't have to actually produce anything, right? That's what it looks like. Yeah, so... You could so milk it for five years and not come up with a product and go burn through $100 billion or, or a billion, I guess. For your friends, and uh, it's like the doc. This is like the dot com boom. Does uh, it remind you a bit of the much worse than that? But yes, yes, absolutely. But I think worse. Yeah, uh, yeah. The dot com boom was a bit of a bit of hysteria on the stock market. So that was individuals putting money into the stock market, and 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 uh, and business angels and so on putting money into throwing money at companies that really were trying to provide a solution for problems that didn't exist. And this seems to be. Uh, the same sort of thing again, doesn't it? So what if what if you're getting you're, you you manage to claw claw a billion dollars from the government grant for this new green deal, and let's say you started a business, and let's say, oh, we're going to do an IPO. So you got government subsidizing all of these this green tech boom bubble, if you will, and then they're going they're floating it on the stock market with government being one of the partners in this. What happens when it goes bust? Well, but aside from that, if you've got a narrative which is failing, throw money at the problem because you're generating jobs. People then are reliant on those jobs. They're reliant on the narrative to support those jobs. If the narrative isn't there, those jobs may be at some point producing uh, anything, a service industry. It, it could be producing a product. It could be producing anything, which is then reliant on the narrative being believed by, because otherwise there's no market. So if if the general public, if the population doesn't believe, it doesn't accept that narrative, you can't sell your product into the, into a market because there's no market that exists. So what you're doing is is uh, shoring up a failing narrative. I think in general, most people are skeptical, or most people I know are skeptical. Maybe I only associate with certain types of people. I don't know, but you take my point. Uh, if there's skepticism in the general public about about uh, climate, the climate change narrative, 
um, then you shore that you shore that narrative up with money. That seems to be what's going on here. Have you ever seen anything in history where the government is going to say inject capital, or I'm not saying I'm going to say this is, this is common, but only in certain industries and yeah. sectors where the government injects capital, injects money, and you get a certain product at the end. You get a certain output. Of course, there's... What, are you talking about uh, war? Yes, I am. I am. I'm talking about the uh, spying, uh, surveillance, and, and military. Okay, yeah. The government only, when it participates in this kind of economic activity, it only excels at one or two things. One of them is, is, is blowing things up and destroying things. The government's very good at this. They're very good. They, 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 have, they can kickstart an economy that's based on blowing things up and destroying things. The other thing they're good at is surveillance and data harvesting, data mining, uh, uh, you know, spying, basically. They do, they do this really well. Okay. So if it's not military and it's not spying, um, what, show me any, anything where the government has been uh, successful at creating an economic sector. Does it exist? Is there such a thing? I, I don't know. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. What, was the government invented anything before Did, besides destroying, you know, besides cruise missiles and, you know, bombers and uh, fighter jets and uh, NSA spider crawlers? Uh, no, I don't think so. So what, what makes people think the government's going to somehow be involved in inventing all, all this green tech that's going to somehow what? Change the climate? Is that the idea or not? I don't know. It's very vague. How is this, any of this going to change the climate? They're saying, oh, it's going to lower our carbon footprint as humans, and that's going to somehow, what, cool down the earth? And they, this can this be measured, or, or is, this, is this a certainty? Is this, uh, have they even proven that, that man's CO2 output is raising the temperature of the planet? That that is actually the thing. No, they don't have to prove that. They don't have to prove it. No, why not? Because they say it. That's proof enough. There's you, you, oh, in, right. in the post in the post truth world. You don't need anything else other than so, the government to say that something's true and it's true, and therefore uh, they can pump money into generate produce a whole new industry, uh, which will then reinforce their truth. Mm-hmm. I don't normally take callers, Mike, um, but. We did get a message uh, from one of our listeners who basically says on our last conversation, to hell with Kamala Harris. Uh, she was bragging about how many black men she locked up uh, when she was California Attorney General. <laughs> so, and this is somebody from California, basically. So it's from Los Angeles. So that was <laughs> we don't take callers, but we do get we do get intermittent messages from some of some of our uh, our listeners on on Facebook and uh, Twitter and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Mike. So basically, what you're saying is, if if I say it's happening, if the government says it's happening, or the IPC says it's happening, that's enough. Yeah, we'll. we'll in this, we've mentioned this so many times. In this present climate, there's nobody. There's nobody other than a few voices uh, uh, um, attempting to to ask any questions about that. The media isn't asking any questions. So, nonetheless, uh, I don't think people are buying the uh, the the story of climate change to the degree that government wishes. Uh, and so, uh, this is a perfect way to to 
put some foundations in. Throw $9 trillion $9 at trillion it. $9 trillion at it, yes. And of course, where are they getting that $9 trillion? Was that pension related? Yeah, they could be uh, unlocking. Unlocking, that's a good unlocking, word. Unlocking. Or uh, unlocking. This, this is or, clearly this is clearly a new definition that's going to appear in in all the, the all the world's best thesaurus uh, because uh, unlocking theft. This yeah. this pr- wasn't previously a a, a a synonym that I was aware of. Oh, so so if I went to let's say <clears throat> let's say I walk into a bank with my five friends <laughs> and we've got masks on of the various presidents of the United States and I go up to the teller and I say, excuse me. I hold a big sack there. I said, I would like to unlock the potential of what's in your vault. <laughs> but, but listen, it's for a good cause. You have to trust me. We're going to take all the money that, that we unlock from your bank, and we're going to invest it in green tech. And we're going in, by doing that, we're going, to, um, uh, we're going to halt climate change. Do you think? I think that's that's pretty good sales pitch. Right, especially if you're holding a, that should keep you out of prison. If you're yeah. holding a sawed-off shotgun, that's a pretty good sales pitch, I think. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. How are they going to do that? How are they going to? How are they going to raid the pension funds? They're literally going to rob the pension funds. Well, this seems to be what they're saying. They're going to unlock uh, unlock all this resource in the pension in pension funds. Mm. I presume what they mean is that uh, uh, they're going to allow pension funds to invest in these types of technologies. And God help uh, people that are saving in those pension funds, because not very many of them, if any of them, are going to uh, end up making a profit at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, what they're doing is they want to they want to basically empty out the, the the assets, the cash. Create. I mean, a, this is how it's you, a Ponzi. They, create look, a new Ponzi. Patrick, pon- this yeah. is how you this is how you remove carbon. This is how you lower your carbon footprint. You empty people's pension pots to the point where they can't afford to eat when they retire. Problem solved. They'll die. No problem. Yeah, they can't afford to eat their home. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Well, the Fed, the Federal Reserve, could empty the pension funds just by crashing the stock market and uh, devaluing the U.S. dollar, which it's actually doing gradually every, 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 every year anyway. Um, So interesting. So that's the Green New Deal. This doesn't look like a very good deal to me. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to connect with Ian R. Crane. and he's got a very important story uh, about two really um, amazing people. Uh, and he's going to talk about that after the break. Uh, plus, we'll just uh, also mention uh, a successful AV10 conference last week. Uh, so congratulations on that. Ian R. Crane, just after the break, this is the Sunday Wire. I'm here with Mike Robinson. I'm Patrick Henningsen. We're broadcasting live on the Alternate Current Radio Network. We'll be right back after these messages. into the Sunday Wire, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. UK, live only on ACR and 21stCenturyWire.com. 